Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That grace valid on two-thirds a person. Great things and beatings and suffering and worsens. Black human packages tied up in strings. Black rage can come from all these kinds of things. Black rage is founded on blatant denial. Squeeze economics, subsistence survival. Deafening silence and social control. Black rage is founded on wounds in the soul. Good afternoon and welcome to Black Talk Radio News, streaming live right now on Black Talk Radio Network. Today's date is February 26, 2015. I want to say a happy birthday to my mother, the woman who brought me into this world and who has had a great impact uh, on my life. Gotta appreciate those moms out there. Especially if you're a black man in, in this country, because if you can't lean on anyone else, you can lean on mom. Well, let's get into uh, what we will be discussing during today's program. I'm going to change up the format a little bit. I want to introduce a um, segment that we're going to call Upcoming and Ongoing Events. And what these are are like calls to action uh, where you're asked to call a certain government agency on the behalf of a family, on behalf of a prisoner, uh, a new slave, a 21st century slave. And you're asking whatever it is that you're being asked to do, uh, whether that is to uh, ask if it's correct to deny prisoners uh, health care or if it's deny. I mean, is it right to be beaten on people? Just they usually provide a script. And so we're going to do this at the beginning of the broadcast and we're going to do it uh, once again to remind people at the end. And, you know, that comes from something out of our group move to abolish 21st century slavery and human trafficking, which you can find on Facebook, uh, almost 2000 members strong. And what we do is, you know, we ask people, don't just join something. Don't just, you know, come into the group. And then when we put out call to actions on behalf of uh, people who are being abused, uh, people who have suffered great harm from this system of slavery that still exists in this country, that your phone calls can make a difference. Your emails can make a difference. Uh, if anything, it lets those individual guards know, those individual COs, uh, wardens and whatnot, that people on the outside, many people are tuned in to what you are um, doing to these individuals, how you're violating their rights here, how you're violating, you know, their human rights, constitutional rights, civil rights. I mean, the whole gambit. Um, yeah. And so that we have seen success in that. So when people send me or I come across uh, calls to action like that, I want to make them a part of the everyday um program well, i shouldn't say every day monday tuesdays thursdays and fridays right here on black talk radio network but uh on those days make this a regular part and if you have uh any you know um 
things that you think that uh, we should, uh, our listeners would be more prone to support, then send that information to me. Share it with me on Facebook or whatnot. And I'll do my best to uh, get the information out there on Black Talk Radio News. Now, we don't have any guests scheduled for today. So today will just basically be news reports and commentary. Uh, for the next two hours and of course some more uh, things as well uh, but if you would like to get in your information get your information out there rather uh, you can do so by giving us a call at 530-881-1400 the access code is 549-032 pound hit star six and the number one and uh, you will be able to comment on air to ask me a question to um, yeah, bring up any point of interest that you would like uh, for the next two hours. All right. So um, like I said, I was going to start off with upcoming and ongoing events. And so here is um, a Facebook event that was posted by Decarcerate Pennsylvania. And um, I have had the opportunity to interview a few people uh, who are associated with that movement, uh, former prisoners as well, uh, and, you know, who are fighting against 21st century human slavery and trafficking, you know, in this country and decarcerate Pennsylvania. I can vouch for them. I can vouch with them. They put on like, you know, some pretty big things to raise awareness. Like I think they walked um, across the state or walked across across a couple of counties and whatnot, but it was a pretty big deal. So um, this is what decarcerate Pennsylvania has posted, and it involves what Johanan uh, would call an unexplainable black death. And the question is, who killed Brandon Tate Brown? Um, and they're asking you to join the call in to demand answers. So um, they're doing it. It says three days, three demands. And it started yesterday, Wednesday. And so I'll just briefly read this. And um, if we got the phone numbers posted here, we will get those out. But let me see. Yeah, it does have the phone numbers. All right. So, um, yeah, you go. Uh, it says February 15 marks two months in which the family of Brandon Tate Brown has gone without receiving any clear explanation of what happened on December 15th when the 26-year-old Philadelphia resident was shot in the back of the head by a Philadelphia police officer doing a traffic stop in the Mayfair section of Northeast Philly. The uh, Philadelphia Police Department is claiming that it was a justifiable homicide, yet have failed to produce a shred of evidence to back up their claim. Now, you know, I don't live in the state of uh, Pennsylvania, but most states have what they call a coroner, a state coroner, or even if they have them at the county level and whatnot. And the police don't rule... uh, well, in their investigations, cover-ups, they can rule justifiable homicide, but what's really key is what did the coroner uh, rule. And so um, I guess they don't have that, you know, to back up uh, what they're already putting out there in the media. So they claim it's a justifiable homicide, but have failed to produce a shred of evidence to back up their claim. Now, hours later, um, this young man's mother um had to learn about his murder on the radio and since then she has not received any clear answers from the philadelphia police department and her requests have instead been met with brutal hostility and racial epithets from officers in the 15th district so you know they calling the niggas and all of that kind of 
uh, racist uh, abuse. And so uh, this is terrorism. This is actually terrorism. You're terrorizing someone that you shot, uh, a member of the community. doesn't matter what, what said killed individual is alleged to have done. Uh, their family member uh, has to have answers. You're obligated to give them uh, answers and, and be transparent because you work for them. All right. So, yeah, uh, that that's pretty messed up. So this is what decarcerate PA is doing um, on February 25th, which was yesterday. Today's the 26th and the 27th. That will be tomorrow. They're asking that you join decarcerate Pennsylvania, the Philly Coalo- coalition for racial, economic and legal justice um, action against black genocide and others in demanding the truth about the killing of Brandon Tate Brown. We are asking folks to call the offices. It's three different offices, um, three different offices, police commissioner, Charles Ramsey. And if I'm not mistaken, if I recall correctly, uh, that's the man that uh, President Obama appointed to lead this commission. We haven't heard anything about in the wake of Ferguson of some policing commission for the 21st century, I think is what they were calling it. I do recall uh, reporting on that commission, and I I can say with 99% certainty that Charles Ramsey uh, was appointed to lead this national, uh, what would we call it, um, task force, a task force on 21st century policing. And on a side note, uh, I understand that NYPD Mayor Bill Bratton uh, made some comments linking uh, police departments to slave patrols. And um, in his speech said that, you know, police officers need to understand how they are being perceived. Now, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but that's basically what he said, is that these people perceive you as slave catchers. And, it's, it, you know, and so while he is being, I guess, giving kudos for for saying that in his speech when talking about black history and how the police have inflicted much pain throughout black existence uh, in this country, going back again to the slave patrols from which we have documented on various programs on this station that these that is what um the the police are the children they are the children all right of the slave patrols and and so i'm not really giving him kudos because the language that he uses is, is like this is a perception that we have based on the history when no it is not simply a perception um, we don't perceive these things to be happening. We know these things are happening. We know the 13th Amendment never abolished slavery because it has an exception clause uh, for punishment for crime and that these uh, mostly black males and increasingly black females, black children, Hispanics, we can just say everybody all the way down to the poorest a white person that what Neely Fuller would call a white sacrifice where, you know, he described, you know, you'll see white bums on the street, what they call bums. I don't mean to use the oppressor's language, but let's just say homeless people. Yeah, you will see white homeless people living under bridges and begging on the corners and stuff like that. But that is not that is not the majority of of white people's existence. Um, I would say nowhere on the planet. All right. And, and so, but we, you know, we, these are not imagined things when we say that this is slavery. We mean exactly that and can prove it. 
and have been doing so and documenting this for over three years with the start of New Abolitionist uh, Radio. So they're asking people to call Police Commissioner Charles Ramsey. Again, he's supposed to be leading this national task force. Uh, Mayor Michael Nutter and District Attorney Seth Williams. You, you know what? what is uh, noteworthy about this in terms of counter-racism? These are all... Uh, prostitutes of the racist system, all black people, non-white people who have been promoted to these positions of authority, uh, elected, if you will, mainly by white people uh, in Philly. And so, you know, you that would like that's a way for them uh, refined racist to say that this can't be racism. This is an institutional racism. Doesn't matter. They got a black police chief. Um when the majority of the officers are white and the majority of the brutality and slave catching. Well, that's just everybody, but the majority of my white people. So let's not make any mistakes about who's really in control. Uh, but these are the people you're supposed to go through to send a message, uh, to the system. So they again started yesterday and demand that they release the names of the officers who killed Brandon Tate Brown to the public and on February 26th, we will demand that they release any and all video of Brandon's murder to the public. And finally, uh, on February 27th, so they're doing this, um, separate actions on three different days. Uh, finally, on February 27th, we will demand the creation of an independent community re- review board that holds actual power over the Philadelphia Police Department and that all information on police involved shootings and excessive force incidents be released to the review board and to the public. So these people uh, that are represented through these various organizations, again, Decarcerate Pennsylvania, I do have direct knowledge and contact with members of that. Uh, The Philly Coalition for for Racial, Economic, and Legal Justice, first time hearing of them, uh, Action Against Black Genocide, first time hearing of them and others in demanding the truth about the killing of Brandon Tate. So it is February 26th. Again, if you are um, listening on black talk radio network on the uh, promo that we posted for today, if you go to the bottom of the page where it says upcoming and ongoing events, uh, it links to uh, all of these posts um, that I am speaking of. So today is the 26th. And so they want people to ask that they release any and all video of Brandon's murder to the public. So let's see, let's see if we can get somebody on the line, um, and ask that question. Uh, we'll just make one phone call on air. Um, this will be, uh, the police commissioner, Charles Ramsey. See if we can get him on the line. Um, thank you. My name is Scotty Reed, and I'm just calling as a concerned citizen with uh, relatives that live in Philadelphia, and I have uh, clients that I do business with uh, in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. And I would just like to ask, um, is the chief of police, uh, or I'm sorry, the police commissioner, Mr. Ramsey, available? No, he's not available at the, t- at the moment. May I help you? Does he have a you're, voicemail? You're, I'm sorry, you said your name is Reed? Yes. Okay. And how can I help you, Mr. Reed? Well, I would, I'm calling to inquire about the killing of Brandon Tate Brown. And 
I understand that a lot of people in the community are looking for answers. And so is there any video of, of the incident that occurred between uh, Mr. Brandon Tate Brown and a police officer? Is there any video that you're aware of? Um, have you seen any of the news on this? I'm looking at a press release on this. Uh, I certainly could Google it, I guess, if something has been released. But are you saying that uh, something has been released, video has been released? Well, I'm not, I can't really say what has and hasn't been released because I'm not sure exactly what you're looking at. But um, if you're involved with the call-in, I know that there's a call-in. Um, if people sort of like a, like a, a demonstration, people want to be heard. Um, and once the video is released, and we understand that, and we are relaying that information, we're very much aware of it. Yes, we are. I am calling on part of the uh, call-in, and I, I appreciate okay. that. And so you're saying that's being uh, relayed. It's getting to the right people that need to hear that. And uh, But yes. as far as you're aware, the video has not been released. I, I, I don't really know. I can't comment on that, um, but, you know, I know that we are taking calls. You know, there are some people okay. calling, and we are taking the calls, and we're relay- relaying the information. Well, I and certainly. And I appreciate, I appreciate you calling. Most people who've been calling have been very polite, and we we really appreciate that. So. Well, you've you been know, polite it's, it's, yourself, and we you know. <laughs> thank you. So thank you, and I won't take up any more of your time. All right. Take care, sir. Have a good day. You too. Okay, so uh, lots of people have apparently been calling and that uh, information is being relayed to the so-called people in charge. The proxy racists, in this case, seem to be running the uh, system in Philadelphia. I should say proxy racist tools, so it doesn't sound like I'm name-calling them, but that is what they are, proxy racist tools of a racist white supremacist uh, system, all right? And, and you know... <laughs> We have talked about that. We talked about that last night on New Abolitionist Radio in, in terms of the story about the black officers in Memphis, which from my sources say that Memphis might lead the nation in, in you know, unarmed people getting killed, mostly black people getting killed uh, by police. So uh, it's good to hear that people have been calling. Um, I mean, that's the very least uh, that you can do. And, you know, it it's always... Um, like the old saying goes, you can catch more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. I mean, it's not going to profit anyone anything to yell at these people who are answering the phones. And, you know, um, I always try to get to leave a voicemail. I'd rather leave a voicemail, but they're taking no calls. And if you're polite to that person, then you know what I'm saying? Um, that person would be more apt to record your information and passing it along. Whereas if you cuss them out, you know, you might get hung up on. So that's not being constructive. That's all I'm trying to say. You, you know, no matter how angry we are at the system, and yes, they are cogs in the system, um, it's still not going to, to, um, advance an agenda by being rude to the people that we're making the demands on, you know, so yeah. Thought I would mention that. All right. Uh, you're listening to Black Talk Radio News with Scotty Reed. Again, this is uh, the February 26, 2015 broadcast. Uh, again, we don't have any guests scheduled. So listeners, if you want to be a guest, if you have something to say, something you want to comment on, 
And, um, you know, even if you want to uh, make a point of contention with something that I say, if you disagree and you think there's a better way or, or pros and cons of this or that, you're more than welcome to share those with the listening audience. And of course, I'm listening as well. Uh, 530-881-1400. The access code is 549-032-POUND. And you hit star six and one to comment on air. Now, the uh, second one that I wanted to mention, we have actually had, um, if I remember correctly, uh, brother Lasana, uh, Jaspera on the program to talk about his murdered son, who is actually up there in, not in Memphis, Tennessee, but close there. He's in Jackson. He's in Jackson, Tennessee. And that is where his son, Sin Q, uh, was gunned down also in December, unarmed, uh, gunned down by, you know, I have to report the facts and make note of, you know, just how, um, great of a tool um or how dangerous of a tool proxy racists are man a black cop shot and killed this boy shot him in the back while he was laying down on the ground um and you have witnesses you have witnesses and you also have a coroner's report you have hospital stuff um mr um dasphora reported the same thing that the police, when he went to see his son in the hospital, when he got news that he'd been shot, the police like surrounding him was being all hostile towards him, terrorizing him. Um, same in, in, in the case of that we just, um, called in about, uh, Brandon Tate's Brown mother. There are reports that she was mistreated at what the 15th precinct. So this weekend though, uh, there is an action. What they're saying, join us for action in Jackson. That's Jackson, Tennessee. And they are going to stand, demonstrate and march, mobilize and demand justice for Q. Again, we're talking about seeing Q, uh, Jasphora. Uh, he was shot in the back while he lay on the ground unarmed. And the weekend of February 28th, 2015 declared that Black Lives Matter here and everywhere. Now the itinerary includes keynote speakers from, uh, Dr. Randy Short to Leslie McSpatton. Uh, Leslie McSpatton, I believe, is the grandfather of Michael Brown. Um, I'm not sure the mother. I'm just reading the information, so maybe this is a misprint. I thought Leslie McSpadden was Michael Brown's mother. But the planned itinerary includes Dr. Randy Short and Leslie McSpadden. Let me see if it gives out uh, any kind of phone numbers. It's on February 28th, 20, again, of course, 2015, from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. So just two hours, two hours of your time. Seem like they just going to get the information out and let you go. You know, this program is uh, only two hours. So uh, two hours, I don't think is a lot of time, um, you know, that uh, that's too much for a person to sacrifice out of their day, especially, you know, if they live in that community and they care about uh, young black men getting gunned down, unarmed, while laying on the ground. I mean, so they ain't even had to gun him down. He was already down and shot him in the back. It's a war out here, and that's why, you know, I, I forgot to, uh, it slipped my mind to open up by saying I'm broadcasting from behind enemy lines. This is a war zone that we live in where they say liberty and justice for all, but that is not the reality for millions of people uh, in this country. Not just a few, not just 10, not 100,000, not just 1 million, but tens of millions 
who knows, perhaps even I would dare say over a hundred million people. If we include all nine white people who are being mistreated, who are being abused, who are being terrorized and, and most importantly, being enslaved, being enslaved on a prison plantation where they make money uh, for the states, private contractors for the federal government. And it's just, it's time out for this. It's time that we stop pretending and stop um, believing the lies and deprogram ourselves of that false history that they taught us all. Everybody that went to public school and I dare say private school, unless you went to an Afrocentric school and then maybe then they probably, um, or maybe did not know the, um, the loophole in the 13th amendment that allows for slavery to still exists as punishment for crime and is being exploited financially and racially on a very large scale in this country. Again, Venezuela just called them out, you know, in the peer review um, uh, session that they have at the UN and asked them to repeal the entire 13th Amendment that allows slavery uh, as punishment for crime. Those were their exact words to the United States. United States said, noted. That was just last week that that was reported. Uh, we had Sister Afia Wangaza on last week on this program to uh, talk about that. You know, that that's now we got international recognition that slavery was never abolished. Venezuela is just one country, but before that, there were zero countries internationally acknowledging that the United States did not abolish slavery, that the 13th Amendment um, has a clause in it, except for can't abolish that. That's not even good grammar. Where does that even make sense to say on? I mean, that's so contradictory. Slavery and involuntary servitude shall be abolished except for. Well, then you're not abolishing it if it exists in any capacity care what you call it you can call it the convict leasing program you can call it the prisoner work program you could call it whatever name you want to come up with to make it sound good like you helping people when really you know you are squeezing uh dollars out of them it's what's really uh going on so i have to make that clear have to make that clear and we'll be talking about that in one of the um news items uh later on uh when john legend uh, was attacked by this white male, this Fox News commentator who had a crew of nine white females that included Stacey Dash. Y'all know her, the clueless actor. Um, she's known for that. And yeah, she was on that panel and she was nodding her head in agreement, uh, as this white male told lies and said that, uh, legend was incorrect and that these voting, uh, right, what they call them, voter ID laws that have been passing in a lot of states. Uh, said the white male's racist suspect said that it led to an increase in quote unquote minority voting. So he basically was calling John Legend a liar, saying that, you know, he, he, you know, we need to fact check him. Is he telling the truth? He's not telling the truth because blah, blah, blah. So I definitely want to look at that. Um, but I, the first story that I'm going to jump on is the FCC voted, uh, three to two along partisan lines to adapt adapt net neutrality rules. And so, of course, if you've been tuned in and listening to the stations, uh, to either the where you heard the live broadcast where I discuss on several shows the importance of getting net neutrality rules passed, um, 
or if you heard the pre-recorded, you know, that's、uh, also streaming when we're not on live. But the net neutrality rules, we spoke about how important it was to stop corporations, ISP providers specifically from being able to、uh, create a fast and a so-called slow lane on the Internet where, you know, if、uh, let's say、uh, YouTube is willing to pay、uh, the ISP providers in all the countries I mean, excuse me, in all the different states, whoever, whatever region they, they cover, but pay them to be on their version of the fast lane of the internet. Well, it'll be just like normal, just like now, you know, depending upon what package you as a consumer got, you know, you, you might have paid $80 a month for, you know, high speed so-called internet or so-called high speed internet where, you know, you're able to watch videos and listen to audio and streaming audio. Without your computer or, you know, shutting off and, you know, the sound, you're not able to listen cause you don't have enough bandwidth. All right. So, you know, outside of that, you want to charge people who are content providers like the black talk radio network dot com. If we won't be on the fast lane in your county, that means we will have to pay every single corporation. To be in their fast lane that's in your county that you're going through to use I, the internet, to get the internet、uh, connection. That's what that means. So a lot of you will not be able to access Black Talk Radio Network. Cause we wouldn't be able to afford to be in the fast lane. So yeah, we're glad that those net neutrality rules got passed and I will discuss them.、Um, if you have any thoughts on it, again, you can give us a call. At 530-881-1400, access code 549032-POUND. If you're already dialed in, just hit star six and one to comment on air. So we're going to take a break and then we come back. I will share some of the details about、um, this passing.、Um, certainly, you have to always be on guard. You know, this is a small victory, but the war is still waging. So、uh, can't pat ourselves on the back. Or anything like that. So I'll discuss the details of that. And then I'm a, this segment is going to take a little bit of time because I'm going to name the industries using modern slavery to increase their corporate bottom lines. Um, you know, so some good information was posted on the blog and we're going to share that information because we talk about, you know, people just don't realize, um, it takes some work to find a company or a corporation in this nation. That isn't using prison slave labor in some form or fashion. So yeah, we'll be right back on the other side of this short break. You're listening to Black Talk Radio News with Scotty Reed on the Black Talk Radio Network. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network for live programming schedules. Visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. Control our community. Everything that's in your community that you don't control is a weapon against you. Public education as it exists today is a weapon against black people. TV and news media, especially the WPP, White Power Press, White People's Paper, and White People's Power, are enemies against black people. Now, what the white press does. Is that it makes black people an enemy of black people. 
And welcome back, Black Talk Radio News with Scotty Reed broadcasting from behind these enemy lines. And so I, I took the lady who answered the phone's advice. I did a quick news search in Google on Brandon Tate Brown, the latest thing that had been published uh, through Google News was 37 minutes ago by philly.com it says lawyer says inconsistencies mount in police account of brandon tate brown's death and so um well i don't think she came out and said it directly but the language that she used if you were paying attention uh there is a video that exists uh she did not deny deny one and her language seemed to affirm that there was one, even though she wasn't answering the questions directly. So I would deduce from that that there is a video that exists and that the police should release it. The Philadelphia Police Department should release it. And um, so I'm just read briefly. Uh, again, this just came out 36 minutes ago. They say the devil is in the details and the details of Brandon Tate Brown's December death at police hands are getting more devilishly contradictory daily the lawyer representing the dead man's family said today initially police said that the officer who shot tate brown during a routine car stop december the 15th in frankfort did so because he lunged for a handgun hidden in the console of his 2014 dodge charger as he struggled with two cops outside but now they're saying Tate Brown also reached for his waistband in the skirmish, according to a narrative of the incident police posted on their website. So uh, right now, all we're getting is the narratives from the family through their attorney, which that's important, always important to either speak for yourself or get an attorney to speak for you and do your own media uh, um, press releases and things of that nature. And we're getting the police account. Um, I'm pretty sure the police union has probably, the police union president has probably at some time weighed in as well and, you know, put his propaganda out there to tell us about, you know, how dangerous, you know, policing is in America and how this young man deserved to get gunned down. And, you know, but all the same time, not calling for the release of the video. So, um, Brown supporters, Tate Brown supporters say they believe he was pulled over for driving while black in an expensive new car in a mostly white neighborhood. So yeah, what did they think that he stole it? What was their probable cause to pull him over? All right. Did they have a, a, a APB out on a stolen car driven by a black male? No, they did not. I'm sure they did not. I'm sure that would have been reported by now if they had. So moving on. Um, but yeah, I just want to take her advice, see if some video had been released. But last, according to the latest information out, um, no, this video has not been released. So make those phone calls. I'll um, remind you again at the end of the broadcast. Now, again, about the FCC uh, voting to enforce net neutrality rules that prevent internet providers and this also includes cell phone carriers from blocking or throttling traffic or giving priority to web services in exchange for payments so that goes to what i was saying uh before and this comes to you from the uh website ars technica so this is a a techie uh website 
uh, calls itself the Ministry of Innovation Business of Technology. And so they voted for net neutrality today. Again, we talked about it a lot on the program um, over the past week or so. And so it says that this article does the most controversial part of the FCC's decision reclassifies fixed and mobile broadband as a telecommunications service. And when they are talking about also, uh, they're not just talking about smartphones. Uh, you can buy kits um, in, in some auto zones, I think, where you could turn your car into a mobile hotspot. You know, they just put they just put the uh, receiver in the trunk and and wire it up, and then it just turns your car into you know a uh, um, wireless hotspot where you could just log on with your laptop or your smartphone. So this also covers that. That's why you know at at an early stage in uh, the uh, creation of the Black Talk Media Project, I identified digital radio as the way to um, to go because you know now. The way that you can stream digital radio in cars via the internet, you know, that now you can compete. You can compete with these big brick and mortar uh, radio stations in, you know, attracting an audience because people can connect through uh, wireless technology. So I'm glad that this was passed, <laughs> obviously, uh, because we want to be able to reach uh, as many people as possible. You know, we got a pretty decent uh, global web ranking in terms of visitors and things of that nature. It keeps climbing, causing our cost to also go up. So got to throw in there. We are in the midst of the Black Talk Media Project 2015 fundraiser. And so we want people to be able to access the information that is brought to you by various uh, people uh, who either broadcast on this website or they send me an article to publish and so, yeah, the, or whether it's a press release, um, yeah, we publish all of that and get it out to uh, the people who subscribe to the website, the visitors, as well as those that follow us on social media. So what what would happen if this um, had not passed was that big ISP providers like Comcast, they were going to do that. They were going to make, if you wanted people to access your website, meaning put you in the fast lane to where they're not sitting there five minutes then we're by and I still can't access that site. Oh, they must be in a slow lane. Well, I ain't got time for that. So I'll just go to MSNBC.com's website to get my news information because, of course, that corporation has paid those ISP providers all of that extra money and all of the markets, all the various markets paid all it. They had the capital to do that. Little, little grassroots media operations such as Black Talk Radio Network. Um, no, we don't have that kind of operating budget. So this was very important. So, you know, because it's not only important that we financially support our sources of independent information, uh, because this, you can't do this for free. All right. And there are costs associated with it in the more popular, uh, um, so to speak. Um, a station or a website becomes then if they're operating their own servers or leasing servers then their costs go up their costs go up and so you know at least we don't have to worry about having to pay all these isp providers now we just got to worry about being able to handle the traffic that comes through the website so this is good news this is good news but again this is uh just a battle one battle in a war to keep people uh programmed with state 
corporate propaganda through different websites or even to shut down or shut out small businesses. Again, I've talked about that on past programs. Maybe you um, go to the thrift store and you, you know, do this every day and you purchase the best items that they put out there on the rack and then you make sure they're clean and whatever you have to do and then you sell those through your little internet web store you know that you got your little website you know and and you of course would not be as a small business be able to afford to pay these isp providers just to be in the fast lane you know, you'll be lucky if you could just stay in the fast lane in the county that you are in. If you're a small business person and you want to target local traffic, but I mean, in terms of things that you can ship worldwide, then, um, you just out of luck because you can't afford to access all those people by being in all those different ISP providers fast lane. So again, this was very important. This was very important in this war of of people to people communications is what I would call it. People to people, grassroots to grassroots. Uh yeah. Um again the telephone number to get in is five three zero eight eight one fourteen hundred access code five four nine zero three two pound. Uh for those already dialed in, you just hit star six on your keypad and the number one to comment on air. Now I'm using the web flash phone. I didn't have any guests so I'm not using Skype today. Uh, good to see that it hasn't cut me off or anything like that. And so, uh, yeah, it, no matter where you are in the world, it's a free phone call, uh, by using this web-based flash phone. Just click on the button that says call the show, uh, put in our telephone number that we have posted, put in the access code, and, uh, that gets you in. Then just use that same keypad to hit star six that web keypad that you're going to have of course you got to have headphones on um and with a mic so yeah you could communicate with us through uh that way as well um now this next segment might take me a <laughs> it might take me a minute so i'm letting you know now all right because we're going to talk about um this article that was published just this past Monday, three days ago, on the blacklistednews.blogspot.ca. I think CA, that's Canada, uh, on the World Wide Web. So this is a blog that's being hosted in Canada, all right, uh, through Blogspot, which is a, a multinational corporation. Google owns Blogspot. All right, so anyway, there is talking about the nine, it's titled, rather, the nine surprising industries getting filthy rich from mass incarceration. So again, as an abolitionist, I have to point out that even if you are regurgitating propaganda, meaning that you, you know, copy and pasting it to your blogs or whatnot, just to get it to your readers, the information to your readers, however you do it, you can change the titles. All right. And so again, we got to get away from being this political correct language of mass incarceration. Call it what it is, it's slavery. It's slavery constitutionalized by the 13th Amendment. I know it's, it's kind of hard for some people to process in their minds that slavery was never abolished, even after they read the 13th Amendment, which is only two sections, less than a paragraph. Even after they read that, and they, they got college educations. You know, so they can comprehend what they're reading. They still 
in their everyday language when they discuss it they still using that term mass incarceration instead of calling it slavery because slavery is, is everybody you know even if they practice slavery of course they're going to deny it's slavery that they're practicing like a george zoli over there at the geo group but they will be on record to saying slavery was evil or slavery is evil you know they'll talk about you know uh sex trafficking and things like young girls getting kidnapped on the street and held captive in an apartment somewhere and made to have forced to have sex yeah that kind of slavery does exist but we're not talking about that we're not talking about immigrants undocumented coming here and then you know some rich person then uh hires them to be a maid and then locks them in the basement only lets them out to clean the house then they have to go back to the basement we're not talking about that kind of slavery all right that kind of slavery exists but what's impacting people the most people is the constitutionalized slavery because of course it's legal so the there are so many i'm gonna tell you now try to find like a cell phone provider a isp provider that isn't linked to prison slavery somehow you know uh that's hard that is very hard so being an abolitionist isn't easy taking action where you know you feel compelled to that's a task so this does actually involve work. So I'm going to tell you now, you will be surprised. Some people will be surprised that these industries are using constitutionalized slaves who have been convicted of crimes, most of them nonviolent, so-called drug crimes, many of them framed. Just I, I don't even want to go all into that. But every a conviction does not mean guilt. That's my golden rule. All right. Number one, food supply companies. Yeah, I know about McDonald's. I know. Well, I guess they're talking about some of the contractors that McDonald's, Wendy's. Who else? I can't recall right now, but I know McDonald's and Wendy's are, are a couple of the well-known names that use subcontractors that use prison slave labor. All right, so I'll just go through this food supply company. Supplying food for prisons can be extremely profitable. Just ask the Philadelphia-based Aramark Corporation, which brings in millions of dollars bringing food to around 600 prisons in North America. So this is just feeding prisoners. And we have reported numerous times on various programs on, the, on this uh network that, you know, a lot of the times the food is like rotten. I mean, seriously, we reported stories where like it had maggots in the rice or I mean, it was like horrible. We know Joe uh, Arapayo down there in Arizona. He brags about his green bologna, you know, just a bare minimum to keep you alive. So Aramac is the largest, I guess, Philadelphia, but we just got through talking about Philadelphia and, you, you know, they talk about Philadelphia is noted as a leader in freedom not only in north america but all over the world and um george washington the first president was hiding slaves in the basement because slavery was illegal in philadelphia where the first quote-unquote white house was it's called the president's house so philadelphia has some real interesting history 
So Philadelphia uh, is home of Aramark Corporation, operates in 600 prisons in North North America. And I don't even know what the total number of prisons are in America. There's a lot. And as, um, you know, they reported or we reported on New Abolitionist Radio, they got warehouses that they call black sites. Like they disappear suspects into these black sites and beat confessions out of them. That was going on in Chicago. Reportedly all the way up to 2011. So, man, it's, it's, it's terrible out here, people. This is real. Air Max signed a three-year, $145 million contract with the state of Michigan. Air Max has had problems in other states as well. So they're saying, all right, let me read this because let me back up. Let me see. Just last year, Air Max was fined over $98,000 and $200,000 from the state of Michigan for a long list of infractions, including meal shortages so you know there was some hungry people hungry slaves that wasn't getting fed unsanitary conditions oh wow maggots found in the food for example and aramac employees smuggling contraband into the prisons yeah drug dealing cell phones things of that nature but such fines were a small price to pay in light of the fact that in in 2013 uh aramac signed that three-year 140 uh, $5 million contract with the state of Michigan. So that don't make sense. This is all Michigan taxpayers' money to begin with that you hand over to Aramac, $145 million contract, and then you find them less than a half a million dollars for human rights abuses, and you let them keep the contract. So they're not talking about those who supply um mcdonald's with plastic utensils they're not talking about whatever subcontractor they're using they're not talking about wendy's and i'm still digging into wendy um i've heard but it hasn't been confirmed that no it doesn't happen that way because i used to work at wendy's as a teenager uh there's been a rumor out there that prisoners make the patties for wendy's and that's not true because wendy's they use a big bag of ground beef and put it in a machine that makes those square patties. They do that every morning. They prep for that and put it in tubs. I know because I used to work there. So there are no prison slaves, um, you know, making the patties for Wendy. So I still got to dig into uh, the information on exactly how. Maybe they're like McDonald's and their utensils are made by the same subcontractor. Their plastic utensils, the same subcontractor that's using prison slave labor. All right. Um, number two, telecommunications. All right. Telecommunications. Although uh, corporatists love to describe themselves as believers in free market competition. The reality is that many of them do everything they can to rig the game, avoid competition, and become monopolies. One telecom company uh, that operates as a monopoly in many prisons is Global Tail Link, GTL, on the stock market. The company has been making $500 million annually in profits thanks to its exclusive contracts with a long list of prisons. When prisoners make collect calls via GTL, the person accepting the call pays inflated rates of up to a dollar thirteen per minute. So they just set up a phone system that's making local calls. They got the same, you know, service provider um 
telecommunications provider for their landlines and whatnot that many people use, many home consumers use. Same thing. Don't cost you nothing to make local calls or in-state calls or free long distance. Even you can get home uh, calling plans like that. So instead, and so that's all they, they're not, they're not paying any more than what one of us will be paying, but they are then charging the family members a dollar 13, the family members or the law firms or the attorneys or whoever charging them a dollar 13 per minute, not per call per minute. They making a half, they making a half a billion dollars a year gouging, ripping off was probably, if we look at the prison population, a lot of poor black families, then followed by Hispanics. Extortion. I mean, it's just a racket. It, it is just a game. Taking them, there are so many angles to slavery. Again, slavery, I would say, is the biggest pillar of the American economy today because it is across several industries that depend on what a lot of people want to be politically correct, say mass incarceration. But what it is is slavery and it is very profitable. Man, that's probably why they never really abolished it to begin with because they knew they weren't producing anything and they didn't have, you know what I'm saying? They would have had to pay uh wages that they didn't want to pay. If they just hired people like any of the 300,000 free black people that was around during that period or, you know, the immigrants that came over here and their descendants, instead of paying them, you know, we'll just, you know, just get us some slaves and we don't have to pay them. Unless they're highly skilled and we'll pay them a slave wage just to keep them happy on the plantation. So again, like I was saying earlier, they're just talking about what's connected to the prison directly. But, well, we could say directly AT&T is using call uh, uh, center, putting call centers in prisons is what I meant to say. And I think this gets brought up telemarketing call centers in the uh, second section. So, but Sprint, it, you know, cause I don't think they're talking about it from the retailers and stuff. Some of the big known corporations that we purchase services from that's using. So I would also throw under telecommunications. I would throw ISP providers like Comcast. I would throw in uh Sprint. I would throw in AT&T. I would throw in, and these are actually corporations that I have investigated. And, you know, there are a couple of more that I can't bring to mind right now. But I know those big three, Verizon, there, there you go, Verizon, AT&T, and Sprint use prison slaves in some form or fashion in their country. And, and, and so that's part of the telecommunications industry. Again, you know, Skype is free. You know, I could start a corporation and say, look, you could tune in, uh, you could talk to, you know, do FaceTime, whatever. You know, a corporation could do that and lease, you know, one of them conference call software that they use for call centers. You can get that from Skype and you could set that up and then you could do, you could put it on a secure system and then you could just have family members Skyping with prisoners and it wouldn't cost you nothing. 
just like it's not really costing you anything now other than your connection to the internet. That's it. And what you will pay Skype for a subscription. So, you know what I'm saying? It is so many ways that they exploit the, not only the slaves, but the slaves families. That's so-called free. So that's under telecommunications, healthcare companies. And we talk a lot about Corizon on this network. Um, I'm not even going to spend a lot of time on Corizon, but I mean, they are pretty bad. Uh, they're pretty bad. I've heard about, um, lawsuits against them. They might total 1 billion, but I'm still trying to confirm that. I just heard that, but healthcare companies, they're focusing on Corizon. They said inside American prisons, decent healthcare is hard to come by. That is why they down there rebelling right now in Willisee County. Those immigrants at their immigration immigration detention facility and of course you know of uh, that company mtc management training corporation i believe that's the name of it yeah they had lost their contract with the uh immigration and customer enforcement agency because they were the guards was raping women and, and a couple of people had gotten killed so they lost that contract and then the federal bureau of prison turns around and gives them another contract well that is what those people down there under that mtc control private and slaver facility uh in willisee county uh yeah those people are rebelling because of the health care and their health care is in-house they just hired a couple of nurses or whatever you know maybe got a couple of doctors on retainer but that is what those people are rebelling over is health care uh tune in or check out the podcast go in the archives of the abolitionist daily uh they've been talking a lot or johanna's been talking a lot about that i, I also have been covering it as well and we uh gave an update last night on new abolitionist radio but um Corizon is making 1.4 billion annually despite doing an abysmal job caring for those they are paid to treat this article says it says in 2012 seven sick prisoners died in a Louisville Kentucky jail not even in the prison got you in the jail still slavery where Corizon was in charge of health care the city of Louisville later canceled its contract with Corizon in the video so y'all check out this video prison profiteers a Tucson, Arizona woman whose incarcerated son had hepatitis C was told by Corizon employees that they had no protocol for treating the disease, which is rampant in prisons. And Corizon is one of the largest, if not the largest, so-called healthcare provider for the enslaved in America. Man, tell you, you know they cutting corners. These are corporations, they exist to increase the bottom line. That's all those stock uh, uh, corporation board uh, members want to see. The stockholders want to see is your stock increasing and not decreasing. So however you need to make that happen, you know, your profits, if that means you have to short people on some food, if that means you have to short people on medical care because we don't want to pay the inflated prices of medical care, like, you know, spending $300, I think it's far more than that. Um, for a saline saltwater bag, uh, when, you know, they really cost a dollar, but we can't get them for a dollar. So, yeah. These people are sick and they evil, man. If you believe slavery is evil, anybody that practices slavery, you have to believe that they are evil too. 
All right. It's just simple math. It's just simple math. Uh, the next one is telemarketing and call centers. All right. Uh, but I do need to take a break. You're listening to Black Talk Radio News with Scotty Reed on the Black Talk Radio Network broadcasting every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 4 o'clock p.m. to 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, followed by, I guess I should say, actually, uh, 558, uh, cause this program is followed by the Tando radio show, which is hosted by David Wren right here on the Black Talk Radio Network. So that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take a short break and then when we come back. Um, we'll continue with this list. I told you it might take some time and that's not even my main story. So I'm gonna have to, I guess, you know, just be more brief. This is Ron Hayes with Hood News and you're listening to the Black Talk Radio Network. Stay tuned. How do you describe desperation to someone who is not desperate? We got a letter to me from U.S. political prisoner Ojibwe Latulo, who went on to depict everyone in the management controlling it at Trenton State being woken up at 1 o'clock in the morning by guards dressed in riot gear, holding dogs. This country was born out of genocide. That's the political genesis of this slavery system. It's the political genesis of the prison system. This country was born out of genocide, 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 genocide. That's the political genesis of this slavery system, prison system. Slavery system is the 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 prison system. This country was born. Out of genocide, 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 genocide. That, and, and until we have a chance to heal, um, we are likely to continue to do things to hurt each other. And whenever see a person of African descent is harmed, an injury to one is an injury to all. And welcome back to Black Talk Radio News with Scotty Reed. I'm going to continue um, the rest of this list, and I'm going to be brief with it, but I'm first go to the phone lines. We do have someone who would like to comment. We got, um, if I recognize this number, look like one of our uh, brothers uh, in the state of North Carolina, along with me here. That's where we're based, uh, Black Talk Media Project, Black Talk Radio Network. Brother Sharif. Hamid, is that you, uh, bro, or somebody got your phone and uh, calling in? No, that's me, brother. How you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Hanging in there, bro. Still, still fighting the fight, man. That's all we can do. What's on your mind, brother Sharif? Just uh, tagging along on uh, what you were saying earlier about how many different uh, industries are cashing in on the um, enslavement and imprisonment of 
of our people. Um, it brought something up when I used to be a counselor for the uh, juvenile detention center here at Butner, and um, I used to tell people how if you would walk in there, and he's a juvenile now, if you would walk in there, you would think you were walking into a food line grocery store, and people would laugh at me, like, what you mean by that? Well, when I left there in 2013, uh, they had these young men wearing the same uniforms as, as if you were in food line. The, uh, uh, I guess it was kind of like the gray, the gray shirt with the, uh, it's a gray and blue shirt, the khaki pants. So food line had partnered with the Department of Juvenile Justice and the boys were wearing their uniforms. That's why I was saying you would think you were in food line. A grocery store, and I think they were using some of their food services too. I couldn't confirm that, uh, but they were wearing their uniforms. So, are you saying yeah. then oh, that saying, from yeah. from that that you believe that these uh, juvenile uh, slaves were being put to work in an employee of Food Lion? No, the the as as a uniform, you know how if you go. So a prison, you'll see all of them wearing the gray jumpsuits or the orange jumpsuits or whatever color it is. If you go to Food Line, they have these gray and blue shirts that all employees wear. Well, all the juveniles at the juvenile detention center that I was working at were wearing the same uniforms as if you were working at um, Food Line. So obviously, um, Food Line had partnered with the Department of Juvenile Justice because all the, the, the juvenile inmates were wearing their uniforms, the same uniforms that their employees wear. Hmm. Yeah. Um, we have heard reports like the GEO group, well, not heard reports, we heard it directly from their mouths when we broadcast their earning calls because they are one of the few that will broadcast their um different their quarterly earnings calls where they talk about how much money they done made and how much money they hope to make in the future any contracts they looking at obtaining and things things of that nature but they were talking about in terms of these immigrants man they were talking like setting up like i can't describe it no the best way to describe it is labor camps but they have schools on the prison so the little kids can go to school while their moms go to work and do whatever geo group got them doing. And then, you know, the adults could also take classes on Americanism, you know, like, you know, they prepping them to become citizens or something. But entire camps that they will have of families, man. I, I, I don't think that the male, they would allow males to be there, but they described them as family <laughs> prisons, man. I was like, man, this is like crazy. This is crazy. Everyone got basically, uh, you know, like you so and other brothers so eloquently pointed out, everyone got their hand in the, in the pot. And um, I was just wondering if you were able to find any conclusive evidence about um, Michael Jordan's hand being in the pot, because I've been seeing things, but I don't like putting things out there without, you know, clear proof. So I was wondering if you or uh, Max or Johan have been able to uh, find any conclusive evidence about Michael Jordan. The Jordan's answer is no. In the pot. Not directly. No. I keep hearing it, but, you know, I don't want to put anything out there without evidence. You know, it wouldn't surprise me, but I don't want to put it out there. And 
Yeah, we, of course, have seen the same things, and we question as well. Uh, but I do know, I don't know what his contract, if he still has a contract with Nike or anything like that, but I do know for a fact that his shoes, the Jordans and stuff, and I think he got his own company, Jumpman, and I'm sure he probably using the same suppliers, but they use, they use labor. They exploit, you know, labor in places like Vietnam and even China is where all those shoes are made. And I used to work in, uh, corporate textiles and you know talk to people that go on the inspect to inspect these uh subcontractors you know that actually you know have the workers supplying the workers and whatnot and all kind of human rights abuses going on one lady who used to work for night told me you know that they had like like this place where it's nothing but females nothing but females they never left they had to sleep uh sleep on you know in the building where they're making the shoes and whatnot and um could never leave it was like they're being held prisoner so and um but hey i i can't recall if she said if knight um you know uh ended their contract with that labor supplier so yeah anyway man did you have anything else on your mind i'm gonna go through the rest of this list no i'll let you uh i'll let you go on because i know you have a, a lot to cover and uh We'll, we'll connect soon. Maybe we can uh, do something soon because I have a workshop coming up at the college uh, this uh, Sunday, God willing, and I'll be touching on some of uh, these issues with our youth being caught up in the uh, juvenile justice system. And I know that the uh, Department of Justice is bragging on how they're reducing recidivism among youth, but they're not telling the people that they're extending their sentences so by the time they get out, they're adults. So when they reoffend, of course they're not reoffending as a as a uh, as a juvenile because they're extending their sentences, and I know that for a fact. Yeah, they're pretty much doing that to everybody, though. You know, they talking about getting rid of the man moving away from getting rid of the mandatory minimum sentencing guidelines, but they're still in effect. But what they're talking about replacing it with is qualifiers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, like. Okay, if you, they still using the same formula. That's the way I can put it. If you had a gun, if it was any violence done to anyone, if you had this, if you had that, you know, all of these qualifiers would go into a formula to determine how much time we gonna give you, which gonna be maximum. You know, they gonna give you all you can get unless you are like the uh, former governor of Virginia or is that West Virginia? I think it's Virginia and his wife, you know, then you'll get no more than two years for massive fraud that you created violating the public trust and whatnot. And, and you know, the, when the guidelines, the federal guidelines that's in place say uh, no less than six years, but both of them got off. She got off with a year. He got off with two years, but they're sending our young men and women um, to prison for 10 years or more on some nonsense. So yeah. Looking forward to it, man. Just send me the information. Keep me in the loop. And, of course, you know, we'll get it out, uh, whether that is to post it to the network or have you come on Black Talk Radio News and uh, hash it out or dish out the information to the people. Appreciate you, bro. All right. All right, so I want to uh, quickly move on. AQ is cleared. Through uh, this, um, this list. 
Uh, the bail industry. Now we talk. No, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, clothing manufacturers, prison prisoners are making a lot more than license plates these days. A wide variety of products are being manufactured in U.S. prisons, from offices, furniture, and bedding to sinks, toilets, and clothing. All kinds of clothing is made in American prisons. Shirts, hats, pants, shoes, jackets, you name it. Even Victoria's Secret has profited from the prison industrial complex in the 1990s. Victoria's Secret subcontractor, third generation hired 35 female inmates in North Carolina to sew lingerie. And and so just think about everybody that don't get busted. It's more than just a few people that's being affected by this. Um, the technology sector back in the 50s, 60s and 70s, unionized manufacturing and packaging jobs were great for the American middle class. But that was before so many of those jobs were outsourced to Pakistan, Bangladesh, China and other countries with ultra low wages and terrible working conditions. Some corporations, however, have found a source of ultra cheap labor right in the United States. Inmates whose pay can be as low as 35 cents an hour. The technology sector has been willing to make use of prison labor. Uh, Xmark, a Microsoft subcontractor, used prisoners in Washington state for shrink wrapping Microsoft products, including mouses and software in the 1990s and in 2003. Uh, Dale used federal prisoners for recycling desktop computers. Walmart is another one. Um, they do that, you know, they're not in technology, uh, sector, but they use prisoners to recycle, um, goods and products that have been returned to their stores, you know, through, this isn't what I order, I'm returning it. And so they break down those packages in warehouses and I guess, you know, uh, repackage it to be, uh, sold again. All right. So that's Walmart for you. Uh, the bail industry, according to a re- according to research by the ACLU and the Nation, the bail industry now pulls in two billion in revenue annually. Again, you know uh, the families, the families. You know a lot of people probably lose houses and stuff where you know uh, one of their loved ones has excessive bail and they have to mortgage the house, put the house up, you know, to get them bail and whatnot. And so uh, they describe the practices of bail bondsmen like Eric. A Pamaran who keeps 10% of a bail amount as a non-refundable fee, even if the person is found innocent. The higher the bail amount set by judges, the more bail bondsmen stand to make. I'm sure we've heard about Cash for Kids scandal up there in Pennsylvania, where um, uh, private detention facilities for children were paying judges, two judges, under the table, paying them to sentence more kids to their private prisons. And and so these just uh two judges eventually got busted. Now, you don't think though that the uh there's things being worked out like that with judges on a local level, whether it's county, state, it doesn't matter. I'm sure those are some deals that's going on behind the scene, you know, increase people bail amount. That way I can make more money. And here's a gift. I'm a lobbyist. Here's a gift and, and whatnot. And report that gift, pay for you to go fishing in at Lake Norman, wherever, you know, uh, yeah, that kind of stuff is going on. Um, t- speaking of lobbying, the American Bail Coalition, a lobbying group for the bail industry spent $3.1 million lobbying for judges to set higher bail amounts. See, I was just being facetious. I was just being 
uh, sarcastic, just describing, you know, the worst possible scenario. And here it is, it's going on. They got a lobbying group. See? Man. Food processing and packaging. Now, this would, um, you know, uh, this is what I heard about Wendy's, but I haven't found any evidence to support it. But prison industry, uh, uh, excuse me, the slave, uh, slaveocracy is going on in the food processing and packaging. The prison industrial complex not only uses companies like Aramac that bring food to prisoners, it can also use prison labor to force uh, labor to process food for people on the outside. Let me read that again. It can also use prison labor to process food for people on the outside. In 2008, Mother Jones, Caroline Winter reported that in California alone, that's just the state of California now, there are 50 other so-called states, uh, prisoners were processing more than 680,000 pounds of beef, 400,000 pounds of chicken products, 450,000 gallons of milk, 280,000 loaves of bread, and 2.9 million eggs. Uh, she also reported that Signature Packing Packaging Solutions, a Starbucks subcontractor, was using prisoners to package holiday coffee. So, you know, if you sent somebody some Starbucks coffee that you order off of their website as a Christmas gift, uh, it was wrapped by slaves. It's everywhere, people. It's everywhere. So last one is agriculture. With more states fining farmers for hiring undocumented workers and fewer agricultural workers coming in from Mexico, the prison industrial complex has been using more prisoners as a source of farm labor. Again, you know, we talked about this with the uprisings at Willisee County Correctional uh, uh, Facility down there in South Texas. They did a work stoppage because they weren't getting adequate health care treatment. So they said, we're going on a strike. And I'm I'm willing to bet you that they were sending them out to farm or, or some. It didn't describe what their labor was. But this is a way that you can legally use undocumented workers okay you don't want to pay the fines and things like that well then once the federal government and the states and their subcontractors once they round these people up and put them on a prison plantation then you can contract with the state or the private authorized private uh company or the federal government to use convict labor. Again, this is the convict leasing program that sprang up 10 years after the passage of the 1865, 1865, the 13th Amendment that says that slavery and involuntary servitude is abolished except for punishment for crime. So you arrest them and convict them of immigration crimes, immigration violations coming across the border illegally. That's a crime. So now we can put you in prison and now these farmers, these big corporations can, you can still go work for them, but guess what? We going to make all the profits, man. So there you go. The nine shocking industries that are involved in prison slave labor. And one they left out that I know about is the car rental industry. Um, and as well as the airline industry cause American airline, uses um prisoners i think i skipped call center i have linked to it y'all could go to the article read for yourself 
Um, but American Airlines and I think it's Hertz rent a car. They use prisoners to do their sell, um, customer service calls. When you're calling to reserve a car, uh, calling to check on your tickets, whatnot with the airline. Uh, yeah, those might be enslaved persons that you're talking to on the phone line. So that's two industries, the airline industry and the car rental industry, uh, that was not included in that article. They did. Again, talk about the call center. Uh, AT&T uses uh, prisoners to do their customer service. And so that's why you are finding that you're hearing more people that speak English that you're accustomed to. And they're not sounding like, you know, speaking in broken English or with an accent, a British accent, like they were using people in India or Pakistan to do the call center work now it's prisoners and so they are you know most of them are african-americans so yeah you think that you know these hey african-americans are getting jobs working for at&t no they slaves dog all right we're gonna take another break and then when we come back i'm laughing because it's just so oh man it's just so evil i'm just trying to keep from cursing all right, so when we come back, we will touch upon uh, some of the other n- items that are in the news. Uh, let me see what we got. Um, Dominican Republicans, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that, uh, but they are seen to be infected with a lot of anti-blackness, even though they're black people themselves. Uh, John Legend being attacked by a Fox News commentator, uh, Senator Rand Paul. I say that he's more progressive than the presumed presidential candidate for the Democratic Party, Hillary Clinton. Um, and she seems to have that nomination in the bag. And, uh, he's being attacked for comments made by his father, uh, talking about the, he used to work with the Black Political Caucus as an anti-war, an unofficial anti-war coalition, uh, to not vote to approve wars. But they wanted to do it for different reasons than him because they wanted that federal money instead of being spent by the billions or trillions on on wars and dropping bombs on people and stuff. Uh, they wanted it to be spent on a SNAP program. And so people are saying, oh, they, that's racist. That's racist. See, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. And they are certainly racist suspects in the meaning that they are white. And I suspect that they practice racism or have practiced racism. So we'll just call them racist suspects as the cold uh, book calls them. So, but I don't think that this is racist and this is being used to rile up black people to vote for a person who I know is, is a racist and that's Hillary Clinton, very refined racist. And so she doesn't even have to promise black people anything. You know, she doesn't have to say anything about any issue. Don't even have to put it in racial terms, but any issue and like slavery or mass incarceration being politically correct or, you know, uh, giving people a second chance through the Redeem Act, criminal record expungement. And she ain't talking about none of that. She latest I heard she was uh, tooting the horn about how much she loves fracking. If y'all don't know what fracking is, that's where they inject uh, chemicals into the ground to uh, crack rocks so that they can extract uh, natural gas from that might be in uh, rock deposits and whatnot. But that also poisons uh, the groundwater table. You know, if you got wells and things of that, you get your water from a well like we do. Most people do in country rural areas and they start fracking where they could poison your source of your underground water injecting all them chemicals in the ground 
And, uh, yeah, she says she loves that. Um, there are two federal bills in Congress that could legalize cannabis across the United States. Um, and then the big story that I want to get to is the U.S. intelligence agents. Some of them are reportedly questioning why Libya was attacked by NATO, primarily by the United States government, more specifically by the Obama administration, and even more specifically by Hillary Clinton, the Secretary of State who handled those kind of global affairs and was the leading one of the leading cheerleaders to attack Libya. And they're asking, why do we do this to an ally? Something I've been saying on the program for a very long time. Libya officially was recognized as a ally in the war on terror with America, except for Libya was actually engaged in fighting real terrorism and not helping terrorists and arming terrorists and, you know, to make geopolitical moves. So, uh, yeah, those are some of the things left that, uh, I will discuss. Also, I will check the phone lines, area code 530-881-1400, access code 549032-POUND. It's the conference line number. If you're already dialed in, you can just simply hit star six and one to comment on air. Uh, don't forget coming up here at six o'clock, Tando radio show. They will be discussing, I believe, um, uh, the host David Wren has a guest, uh, coming on to talk about the why and how they are gentrifying our community. So they'll be talking about gentrification today. Uh, again, the, um, Tando Radio Show airs Monday through Fridays at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, hosted by uh, David Wren. So y'all stay tuned. We will be back on the other side of this break. This is Brother Elliot, host of Time for an Awakening, and you're listening to Black Talk Radio Network, new media for the new millennium.
Propaganda is essential to any military campaign. Black people tend not to understand propaganda. And the reason why we tend not to understand propaganda is because the propaganda channels, the mediums, the conduits, the radio, the television, the newspaper, we tend to just treat as forms of entertainment. We don't see them as military strategy. When there's a movie depicting black people in a negative image, when there's carriage captures in the newspaper making jokes about black people, we tend to just see it as political uh, entertainment. We don't see it as laying the foundation before the storm. That's exactly what they did in Wilmington. You always seek to create a context that allows your military campaign to be acceptable. There's always context. You study Adolf Hitler in Nazi Germany. He had a propaganda campaign that lasted over a year before he began to physically oppress the Jews. He had to make sure that the national mindset had been conditioned to accept the extermination to come. In Wilmington, North Carolina, the same exact thing happened years before Nazi Germany. Through the magazines, through the radio, through word of mouth, through stage play, they created negative images of black people in the minds of white folk in case there were any liberals who would have been against what they were going to do. They were slowly able to reform their opinion by constantly repeating negative information about the target population. See, the one thing about the brain that we got to understand is the creature of repetition. Whoever has the most access to the brain rules the brain. It's all about volume, not quality. The more you tell people that a certain group of people are no good, the more you show images, the more you show sounds, song, poem, dance, projecting negative information about a people, sooner or later, the subconscious begins to get conditioned automatically because you can't turn off the subconscious to what it sees and what it hears. Sound and image, you cannot stop it except to stay away from it. So sound and image are critical to any propaganda campaign because they help lessen the defenses of anyone who may be against what you're trying to do. It's the same thing happening right now. There is a direct assault on the image of the black man and woman internationally. So when mass incarceration, homicide takes place, nobody cares what's happening to black folk because they've already been conditioned to believe that these people are better off dead anyway. So propaganda is the first stage of military warfare. Right now, we're being set up for another extermination campaign. It's going to be worse than what went on in Wilmington, Tulsa, Charleston. Rosewood is going to be worse. Whenever the propaganda gets worse, then you know the extermination is going to be that much worse because you see how far the exterminator had to go in order to condition the people to prepare them for the carnage to come. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. Black Talk Radio News, Scotty reading in for this broadcast from behind these enemy lines. Uh, we got less than about 30 minutes left. I'm going to try to get through everything quickly. But yeah, uh, propaganda is what has a whole lot of people walking around believing that slavery was abolished in 1865, that the Civil War set, set all these black folks free. And now you're accepting slavery, the propaganda you know, has you not caring about people being paid 35 cents an hour to do a job that you can't even get on the outside, you know. Um, so, yeah, propaganda. Propaganda uh, has a long 
uh, history of being a part of warfare, any manner of evil you want to do to somebody, you got to, that's even on a personal level, you know, like if you want to turn, uh, get rid of somebody out of your clique or out of your little group, let's say high school, I'm in high school. I don't like this, this guy. I don't think he should be hanging with me and my boys. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to, uh, just speak bad about him. Uh, every chance I get and put that bug in their ear and then pretty soon they'll be speaking bad about him too. And then, you know, he won't be around no more because everybody's speaking bad about him and whatnot. So, I mean, that's propaganda right there on a personal level. And so we don't care what happens to those people because they're not very good people. Uh, they deserve to be dead. They'd be better off dead and whatnot. So, yeah. Uh, speaking of, um, propaganda, the Dominican Republic. Now, before these articles came out, cause I know a brother that's in, um, the Dominican Republic right now, brother Charles Lowman. Um, he used to have a radio station and, you know, we tried to work together for a while and, um, but his interest turned elsewhere. And now he's teaching, he's teaching, um, students. He is a teacher. Um, Tell, and he's on Facebook and he has posted some things about some disturbing things in, in the Dominic Republic. Not only has he talked about, you know, prostitution being a big deal over there and a lot of them young girls drop out of school and become prostitutes cause, um, you know, it's not really a whole lot of jobs there. You know, um, I think he's even mentioned about prison slave labor being used there or, or child labor, uh, by a Coca Cola plant over there. So, but anyway, he also has talked about how the lighter skin, and I would say people that are actually darker than me, all right, if you haven't seen my picture, I'm, I will be considered a light-skinned black male. Now, some of these people are darker than me, and they hating on, on black people. You know what I'm saying? They're hating on dark-skinned people, particularly Haitians and whatnot, and they have an extreme anti-blackness within them that it has gotten them to the point and I'm sure propaganda played a role in this anti-black propaganda. Oh, you're not black. You're Spanish or, you know, following behind your European enslavers. We're not. No, I'm not going to claim the enslaved Africa. I'm going to claim the Spanish. All right. And so they had like some kind of a cultural um parade or something in one of the cities, uh, Santo Domingo, I believe it was. And they says that, um, this float, if you will, or this entry, uh, people wearing costumes, you know, we see that here in the United States, different people wearing different costumes representing this organization, that organization, that community faction, this community faction. And they might wear a costume, especially if it's something like Christmas or Halloween or something like that. Well, these, these, um, it appeared to be all males were wearing Ku Klux Klan costumes and carrying a sign. Uh, they said Ku Klux Klan. Now I'm, I'm gonna have to, uh, pull up the image directly. It says 51 Ku Klux Klan. Now it has a logo on there, but I don't know what that says. Um, I had to blow that up. I mean, I'm not going to do all that, but it says 51 Ku Klux Klan. So I guess somebody could Google 51 and Ku Klux Klan and, um, Dominican Republic and find out what that is. But these, these people who don't want to be considered brothers <laughs> is dressed up in Ku Klux Klan uniforms. Like, seriously, these people brains have been so infected with that white supremacy virus 
that they got on Klan costumes and representing the Ku Klux Klan. Then there was a second story that came out about a cab driver. This cab driver wears a swastika armband and he, you know, is representing the Nazi and talking about the genocide never happened. You know, well, he's focusing on the Jewish genocide and I understand there is some debate throughout the world that six million of them didn't get killed, but the numbers don't matter. They it, It's pretty much well established that Hitler and the Nazis killed a lot of people. It's estimated actually 11 million people, uh, black people, other non-white people like like Romanian Jews and others, you know, wanderers, anybody that was not considered Aryan by their standards, not considered white, a pure white Caucasian, uh, you know, blood. They were killing everybody. And then even if you were white, Aryan, whatever, if you was born with some kind of birth defect, uh, even if you might have been a twin, uh, you would end up being, you know, euthanized. And again, the Nazis came here to the United States to study uh, the American eugenics movement, which was going on pretty strong uh, prior to World War II, uh, still exists to this day. But yeah, this guy, black cab driver, and he got lost his job, I think, because of his uh, not pro-Nazi views. Again, this guy had these people, these Dominicans have been so brainwashed brain program not brainwashed because that would mean they they wouldn't have nothing on their mind but they got white supremacy on their minds and how did that happen that would be an interesting case study to go over there and study why there are there is so much anti-blackness going on on that side of the island that that the dominican republic shares with haiti they hate haitians Wow. And I bet you they all share a same common, common tribe from Africa. I'm willing to bet you some of the same common tribes that were brought to that island except for, you know, on this side you had the French and on the other side you had the Spanish, Spain, enslaving uh, black folks. So now, you know, it's like you repping the slaver against the Haitians who actually overthrew theirs and got their independence got their freedom rose up through force of arms and ingenuity defeated one of the most powerful european countries on the face of the planet at that time militarily i'm i'm speaking in those terms one of the most powerful militaries i think napoleon was you know But no, you Haitians had to wait for somebody else to get to give you your so-called freedom. And then you hating on the other side of the island because they actually did. Right. I mean, is there some kind of petty jealousy going on there? That you are ashamed that these dark skinned African descended people rose up and got their freedom and you didn't. You waited for master to, to say you was free. Is that's what's going on? Because if that's what's going on, you know, that needs to be buried. We don't need none of those color color lines, divisions in our community because it's not going to help in the uh, war against global white supremacy. So these people right here, though, man, uh, they need some serious deprogramming. 
you know, shoot. Need a digital radio station over there. Or somebody pumping, you know, some some anti uh white supremacy propaganda to them. But I bet you, you know, I would be interested to see what's coming out in the media. I bet you the media, just like here in the United States, but probably maybe even more intense there since it's a, you know, enclosed or, um, you know, small environment, just half an island. I bet you their media is like H. Rap Brown said, white people's media making black people an enemy of black people. I bet you that's what's going on. I bet you their media is totally white identified programming these people with all this anti-blackness so yeah let me um that's tragic this is very tragic so we need to you know discover a cure or or fund a cure now and uh slamming the comments made by john legend you has a bunch of proxy racist females non-white females proxy proxy racist tools bashing or agreeing with this white male racist suspect um who was saying john legend doesn't know what he's talking about that uh actually um the voting rights act is not under attack it's not being gutted and since we passed these voter id laws uh black uh voter participation has gone up let me see if i i can run that clip for you uh right click i'm sure i have it uh here it is right here thank you Nina Simone said, it's an artist's duty to reflect the times in which we live. We wrote this song for a film that was based on events that were 50 years ago, but we say that Selma is now because the struggle for justice is right now. We know that the voting rights act that they fought for 50 years ago is being compromised right now in this country today. We know that right now, the struggle for freedom and justice is real. We live in the most incarcerated country in the world. There are more black men under correctional control today than were under slavery in 1850. When people are marching with our song, we want to tell you we are with you, we see you, we love you, and march on. God bless you. Do a whoop whoop. Anyway. <laughs> Meanwhile, despite American Sniper's success at the box office, some 400 million, more than all the other movies that were nominated combined, it was largely snubbed last night. The film that tells the real life story of sniper Chris Kyle was up for six Oscars, but took home only one for best sound editing. Uh, Jesse? Yes. Very interesting. I think that montage. If we had let it all play out, we'd still be sitting here. I know. It was a lot of politics last night. Uh, a few things on Patricia Arquette. I don't think it's very brave to get up there on the soapbox and talk about wage equality when your dress costs $3,000 and you work about two months out of the year. I also think it would have been a little braver for her to talk about maybe women being enslaved by ISIS if she really wants right. to take a stand. Uh, on John Legend's talk, I think he talked about voter ID and discrimination. just want to fact check there. A lot of the states that passed past voter ID laws, black voter participation's actually gone up. So I don't even think that's true. All right, so that's that racist suspect line. I want you to think about, I don't know if ISIS is enslaving anyone or not. Um, I, I can't pretty much tell, you know, what's government fiction and propaganda and what's fact. I don't know. Um, but, you know, he mentions ISIS is uh, enslaving people, but, of course, Fox 
business news promotes investment in slavery right here in the United States. Um, but no, um, John Legend actually has his facts correct and this dude is lying and then what was sad about seeing a video is that you know stacy dash and the other non-white females were nodding their heads in agreement that's right that's right uh these voter id laws have led to an increase in black voters well actually um no that's not true uh states that toughen their voter identification laws saw steeper drops in election turnout than those that did not with disproportionate fall-offs among black and younger voters, a nonpartisan congressional study, which was released in October of 2014, concluded. So, yeah, see, most people not going to look that up. They're just going to listen to this this white male on Fox and he must be right. John Legend, he's just an ignorant black man. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And then we got these non-white females, you know, sitting on the side of this white male while he's saying this, nodding their heads in agreement. That's mind programming right there. Mind programming them with a straight up lie that I would say probably, and I'm going to be generous, 90% of the people won't even look it up. Won't even take the Google to find out if that's true. If these voter ID laws have led to greater quote unquote minority turnout or less. And the facts, according to a congressional study, a nonpartisan study, said that those states that pass uh, obligating voters to show a photo ID at the polls um, went down. Not just among black people, but among young people as well. All right. So, yeah. They, I'll tell you, these people, they get paid to lie, man. They get paid to lie. He want to use words like fact check and all this and that to make you think that he has checked the facts. I mean, you think that they're going to do a retraction. You think he's coming on the next time he on Fox News and telling people, oh, I uh, actually was wrong. The facts actually say uh, black voter participation went down. So, yeah, that's that. Uh, believe it or not, I do believe that Senator Rand Paul is more progressive than presumed presidential candidate Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton is a psychopath. Um, she is a warmonger. Um, she's a carpetbagger. Um, I'm trying to be nice. I'm not trying to be vulgar or anything like that, but I could say a whole lot of worse things about the woman. I try not to even use the bitch word, but if I was to use the, the, uh, B word, did I actually say the word? I apologize. I try not to use that word in describing anyone, let alone a female. You know what I'm saying? But if that applies to anyone, that is her. That is her in terms of her attitude, her nastiness and just viciousness. And I just can't come up with enough adjectives. This woman uh, just sickens me. She is just evil. When I look into her eyes, when I hear her talk, I hear unadulterated evil. That's what I hear come from this woman. And then when I look at the policies that she support or doesn't support and the things she speak in and doesn't speak in, again, I got some history with the Clinton Foundation because I used a clip from a video they posted on YouTube with President Obama coming to give a keynote address at the uh, Clinton Foundation's Global Initiative Against Human Trafficking. And I just used a portion, a small portion under the fair use laws uh, of his clip of his speech at their uh, event and said, you know what? This is pretty hypocritical. Um, y'all practicing slavery right here in the United States. Why aren't y'all talking about that? And they, you know, 
took offense to me pointing that out in my own video using a sample of their video and, um, you know, caused me to, uh, get in trouble with YouTube, a corporation, which then restricted me to only uploading videos that could be 15 minutes. And I just got that, that restriction lifted last year. So I got some history and I got a lot of reasons not to like, uh, Hillary Clinton, but most importantly, cause she is a, I, I don't even want to call her a, sus a suspect. I will call her a refined racist because of all the things that her and her husband have done in terms of policy that have impacted black people in the most negative way uh, while smiling and trying to look cool and playing the saxophone and doing this and that and calling him the first black president. And y'all have really harmed black people and you've never been a friend of black people, and um, so black people shouldn't be your friend either, is what I'm saying. And uh, we don't vote for for people who aren't our friends. And so I just think that uh, Ron Paul and Rand Paul are more progressive because at least those two talk about 21st century slavery and human trafficking. Not in the terms that we use, but they use the politically correct terms like mass incarceration. At least Rand Paul is co-sponsoring a bill to... Uh, allow people convicted of felonies by the federal courts to uh, have a second chance and, and lift all of these restrictions on them about getting food stamps, you know, because Ron Paul was recently attacked about the food stamps. And guess what? I'm out of time, so I'm going to have to talk about that tomorrow. That's what we'll talk about. We'll explore further why the Paul family is more progressive than the Clinton family. And the Paul family are known as libertarians, tea partiers, and things of that nature. But when we get down to the policy and not the perception, they are more progressive. These racist suspects are more progressive than this refined racist Hillary Clinton, who is, who is the presumed Democratic nominee. You've been listening to Black Talk Radio News. Again, check out our call-in um, upcoming and ongoing event section of this post for today's program and make those phone calls. And also, if you're in Jackson, Tennessee, check out the Justice for CQ movement event that is going down on February 28th. I'll remind y'all about this stuff uh, tomorrow as well. All right. And um, we'll jump on Hillary Clinton tomorrow. Peace and blessings to all. Y'all stay safe out there. Recognize that we live behind enemy lines. And if you are a non-white person, um, you are a slave waiting to happen or a murder victim. So take your pick. Peace and blessings to all. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.